If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the podcast from One Cause Church. Could I get you to put Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7? Ephesians 4, verse 7. If you have a Bible and you can read in the dark, uh, turn to Ephesians 4, 7. Still getting used to this. We're going to read about five verses if we, if, we, if we can. Ephesians 4, 7 says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he says, When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things and gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. This is talking about what Colossians calls the apic duomai and the threambuo. The two words, apic duomai. You want to try that word? Apic duomai. How about this out over here? The threambuo. The three ambuo. Mm. The spoiling and the triumphing, which it says in Colossians 2.15. Colossians 2.15 says, And having spoiled, having apic duo mind, principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing three ambuo over them in it. What that says is that when Jesus rose from the dead, Ephesians 4 talks about him leading captivity captive. That means when he got there, he found people who had died in faith. See, Abraham was justified and made righteous by faith, but that faith did not take him to heaven because his faith was in a coming Savior, not in a having come Savior. What Jesus had to do to get us all to heaven was to die for us first. And that had not been done when Abraham was justified by his faith. All Abraham's faith would do was to deliver him from the fire, deliver him from Gehenna. He still went to hell, but God had to create a whole new place for Abraham so he could be in hell and not be in torment. They called the place paradise, and they were all comforted there. And everybody who died in the coming of Messiah died with faith in the coming Messiah. They all went there to that place instead of into the, to the flames of hell. So when Jesus got there, having died as a sinner, but he died in faith. You need to hear me. Christ died in faith, and I know this for a fact, because of what he said last when he was hanging on the cross. The next to the last thing he said was, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The sin of the whole world laid on him feeling cut off from God, alienation beyond your worst day, alienation beyond the worst imaginable day you've ever had, alienation, grievous excommunication from the presence of God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is not not something he could prepare for. It's not something he could have a practice run through. They weren't going to try. They, they weren't going to go through this in heaven. All right, now, all right, and Jesus, you just stay right there, and I'll just act like I don't know you. They, they can't do that. It's not going to happen. Amen. 
It can only happen here in this moment, this awful, horrifying moment when he has to face this moment all alone without the presence of God with him. Now, I said that was next to the last thing he said. But the last thing he said was, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Oh, my. Not feeling like God was with him at all. His soul, as it were, tumbling headlong into the abyss. The last thing out of his mouth is the greatest statement of faith anyone's ever heard. The sin center of the universe opens his mouth and calls God his Father still. He did that by faith. By faith. So I don't care how dark your days look. You still open your mouth and you talk about your father. You don't, you don't even, you sometimes don't even think you belong in the family. I don't even look anything like God. Hmm? Your confession is, he's still my father. I'm not, saved, I'm not saved by how well I performed. I'm saved by how well Jesus performed. Glory be to God. I'm still in this deal. Amen. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. This kind of realization will cause you to live holy. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. It'll cause you to live above the stinkiness and the grime of this world. Amen. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. Legalism makes nobody live holy. That's right. That's right. It makes them live filthy and hide and call their sin something other than what it really is. It makes their hearts full of dead men's bones. Huh? Yeah. But grace teaches us, teaches us, but such a high price paid, who would want to trample on it? And you have it in your heart and in your life. Father, yeah. into thy hands I commend my spirit. Praise. The Bible says that he died in faith then. And when he got into hell, they could not hold him. And he led captivity captive. Now, there's another part of that verse in, in Colossians 2.15. Let's read it one more time. Colossians 2.15. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So the first part of it was the apec duomai, where he spoiled hell and brought hell's riches, which was the redeemed, I mean those who died in faith, but they, the devil still had power over them. So Jesus brought them back as his reward. You follow me? He brought them back as his reward. But there's a second part to it, is the three ambuo. The three ambuo is really a song that triumphing, uh, that, that, that winning armies would sing as they marched back into their hometown, leading their captive alien enemies with them. They would bring the king in. They've shaved off half his beard. They made him show, show his rear end to the whole town. They spit on him and call him names and make fun of him, and the children dance in the streets around him as they got him in chains. Shackled, king, defeated. And they sing a song. It's a chanting kind of song. It sounds something like this. I don't know, but I've been told. That's right. That's what the three ambuo is. They use it to worship their false gods. And Paul takes that word to bring it into our world. 
And so that's what we're doing when we're singing these songs. We're triumphing over the devil. Amen. That's why every church service has a worship part to it. Because when we're worshiping, we're singing, I don't know, but I've been told. Singing about the victory of Jesus. Singing about the triumph that Jesus made that day. Glory be to God. <laughs> when he led in the three ambuo, he made an open show of the devil and let all heaven and all the earth and all the cosmoses that, 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 that there are, that cosmoses is a word, <laughs> all of them that they are see, that the angels in heaven see, that every demon knows that the victory is over. That's the right. victory has yeah. been won. Amen. And then he says a remarkable thing in 1 John 3, 8. This word only appears one time in the New Covenant. One time in the Bible. Let me see your shoe, brother. What kind of shoe you got there? What kind of shoe you got there? It's a what? It's a Nike? No. Sanctuary. Oh, sanctuary. Who's got on a Nike? That was a converse. It looked like a Nike. It's close enough. Stand up here for me. Let me see that shoe. Nike. N-I-K-E. We pronounce it Nike. It's a Greek word in the New Testament. And it's only in there one time in the entire Bible. One time. It's really pronounced Nike. Everybody say Nike. Nike. It means total, absolute dominance in victory. Glory to God. I don't want to beat the 49ers. I want to annihilate them. Amen. I want to Nike them. Glory to God. Nike them out. Glory to God. Huh? Right? 1 John 3, 8 says, and this, or 1 John 4, 5, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And that word victory is the word Nike. And this is the Nike. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. What you believe is what overcomes the world. And here's why. Because the moment you believe the real gospel, that Christ died for your sins and he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, the same victory that Jesus had over death, hell, and the grave, and the devil himself becomes your victory the moment you believe it. This is the real gospel. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and he was buried and he rose again the third day. I'll tell you. I learned something about victory, but you need to understand that you're all born for victory. You're all born champions. You know this. I've told you this before. You're all born. You were conceived a champion. In fact, on the day you were conceived, there you are, one of a million contestants, swimming as fast as you can toward the egg. This ain't no time for backstroke, man. This is time to get there. Swimming for the egg. And the very fact that you are here means you won that marathon race. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God brought you into this world a champion. 
He said, yeah, but I was born with some problems. Yeah, but look how bad the rest of them must have been. <laughs> you, you, you were born because you won a race, won a marathon race of a million contestants. That's bigger than the Boston Marathon. You won it. You're here. I was uh, preaching on the streets one time years ago when I was a college pastor. I started in full-time ministry as a youth pastor and college and career director and ran a coffee house out in West Texas. I did a lot of preaching on the streets, as you can tell, probably. <laughs> Had to talk loud. They say, holler, why do you holler? I said, you hear my name? <laughs> say it real slow. Holler. And I spent a lot of time preaching on the streets with no microphones. I was on the streets one, one time at a, a haunted house that the booster club of the city was using to raise money for the band or for the football team or something. And I thought that was okay. But the reason we were there wasn't because we were against haunted houses. I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less. Dr. Holler, don't, do, you, do you believe in, 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 in giving candy to kids to trick or treat? And I said, yeah, I, I believe in giving candy to kids all the time. Come on. I'm a papa. Don't ask me not to. I'm a papa. That, that, that not to business is your business, man. I'm a papa. Well, you know, you know that Easter egg thing is a is a pagan practice. I said, "Hello, I'm a pagan. I'm not a Jew. Neither are you. Don't be stupid." <laughs> Glory to God. Like there's something wrong with being pagan. We're not pagans in the sense of devil worshipers. It's our culture. The Bible never said you couldn't have a Christmas tree. The Bible never said you couldn't have, a, have an Easter egg hunt. It said don't drink blood. Don't offer things to idols. And stay away from sexual immorality. Hey, I got that down. Praise God. I'm, I'm, I'm in. I, I want to have the world's largest Easter egg hunt. Praise God. Oh, that's pagan. And they hold up a cross. They're not even knowing that's a pagan symbol. Yeah. I'm sorry it is, but I still have them because yeah. I'm pagan. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing, nothing different about that than being an Okie, which, by the way, I'm one of those too. Yeah. I believe all, everybody in Oklahoma raised on a farm like I was should go to heaven. I mean, think about it. It'd just be a downright shame to farm all your life and go to hell too. Just be, just be a cosmic injustice. Anyway, any Okies in the place? Just me and Jesse. Well, I'd gone out there and take, take my college group out there to go preach. There's probably 75 people along in a, in a, what we'll call a line, but it's kind of a clumpy line with lots of people in it. They're waiting to get their ticket to go into the haunted house. And I, as often happens with me, had a stroke of genius. <laughs> it's a joke. You can laugh. I had, I had a stroke of genius. I thought, boy, do I have a good idea. So I, I, I scattered my kids. I had, I don't know, 10 or 12 of them, I guess, something like that. 
strung it all in that, all in that line. I said, now, you guys, you stay here in this line with these people. And when I start preaching, when I, when I tell them about you, you start giving them tracts and talking to them about Jesus, try to win them to the Lord. But I'm going to go across the street and preach for a few minutes first. Turn around and preach at them, see. They say, okay, 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 Pastor John, we'll do it. So I go over there and I get up there and I start preaching. And here's my stroke of genius. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my privilege to address you today. But I have news. This is probably something I wouldn't have preached today. But I did then. Didn't have all the revelation I needed. And I said, you're all standing in line waiting to get a ticket at this haunted house. This spook house. It's called spook house. I have the solemn obligation and responsibility to show up here and tell you that you already have a ticket to the greatest spook house in the universe run by the devil himself. <laughs> Got to admit that's pretty good, right? And I was trying to get to the good news part because I don't like dwelling on that stuff. I, I was trying to get to the good news part. Hey, but, but there's good news in all this. And as I'm preaching, a police officer comes across. God bless him. Everybody say that God bless the police officers. Uh, I've been pastor to many police officers on every level. Highway patrolman, uh, county sheriffs, deputy, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, police officers. And lots of levels. But this dude, he wanted to have a fight. <laughs> he comes over and he says, hey, you, you got to stop that. I said, what? I said, no, no. He said, I said, you know, I, you, you and I both know I don't have to. Uh, this is, I, I have the right, because I knew the law, and, you know, if you go preach on the streets very long, you have to learn the law. And I said, I came over here, I'm not blocking egress or anything like that. He said, put his hand on his gun. He said, I can make you stop. I said, yeah, you can. And I was thinking about how to say and I will have you prosecuted for your crimes against the Constitution if you violate my civil rights. I was trying to think of how to say that. Because <laughs> that's what he was about to do. I was about to have his job, and I was going to dig up some of his dead relatives and sue them, too. <laughs> I'm just sitting there thinking, oh, how do I do this and still show honor? Because I've got a whole group of you know, young people over there I have to right. be an example for. It's in a tight spot. And about that time... A guy that I learned later was a Baptist brother. Come on, everybody say, God bless a Baptist. Amen. <laughs> that Baptist boy, he came running across the street and got right up in the police officer's face. What's the matter? Can't a guy preach the gospel on the streets of America anymore without being harassed by the police? What is this, communist Russia? <laughs> the police officer said, hey, hey, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just acting on a complaint. He said, who complained? He said, people in the crowd. And the guy just turned, he said, I'm in that crowd. And turns around and says, how many of you think y'all just let the, let the preacher preach? I got 12 young people over there that are shouting their heads off. Let him preach! <laughs> the cop just went, turned around walked off. <laughs> There's victory in every venture for you that you don't even have to fight for. Amen. Because Jesus already did all your fighting. Yes. Glory to God. He did all your fighting. He's already made preparation for your victory. He's not making preparation for your, for your loss or for your defeat. He's made preparation for your victory. When God told Abraham,
Abraham, take that, take that boy up that Mount, Mount Moriah. It looked like Mount Sacrifice to Abraham. It must have been the worst sacrifice he had ever had to make, the most costly sacrifice he'd ever had to make. Take that boy and sacrifice him on Mount Moriah there. You know he didn't call it Moriah. He called it the Mount of Blood, the Mount of Sacrifice. In his mind, he must have. But what he didn't know, that while he was taking that boy up the one side of the mountain, God Almighty was scurrying up a ram up the other side of the mountain. Glory to God. And Abraham didn't name that mountain Mount Sacrifice. He named it Mount Jehovah Jireh. The place where God provides. Come on, come on, let's let's make a confession. I'm through losing. Come on, let's say it. Say it with your own mouth. I'm through losing. I'm in on the victory. Jesus paid a price so I could live in the victory. I'm through with it. Losing. And today I'm a winner because of what Jesus did for me. I take my stand on the high pedestal. I'm a victor, not a loser. The gospel made everything new for me. Come on, stand upon your feet. Stand upon your feet and worship the Lord. The gospel made everything new for you. Glory to God. And let me say to you, this has been family talk mostly today, but this really is the message for every human being, especially those who have yet to come into the family. I believe there are two kinds of people in the world. Those that are born again. Those that are saved. Those that are in God's family, that's one, that's one kind of person. And the other kind of person is those that are about to be. And either today you're in the family or you're about to be. The reason you're here if you're not in the family is because God gave you the, op- gave you the opportunity to become part of the family of God. I'm not talking about joining this church. I mean, if he brought you here to get you, get you saved, you ought, to, you ought to be here to grow. Is that too deep? I mean, that just seems logical. He brought you here to bring you into the family. He brought you here so you could grow. By the way, if you're visiting here for the very first time, please come back and give them another chance. Don't don't judge this church on what you heard me do today. They have a fine preacher here. They got a fine preacher. Probably won't scream at you so much. But I want to ask those of you here, would you bow your heads and close your eyes just for a few moments? Who here in this place would say, Preacher, I've heard what you said, and I love the message, and I want to be saved today. I want to know Jesus as my personal Savior. I want to make a confession that I believe he died for me, and I want to make it official and close the door on defeat, close the door on sin, close the door on my past, and start living on the record of Jesus. Stand before God on the basis of what Jesus did for me. Is that you here in this place? You say, pray for me today. I want to I be saved. Would you just raise your hand? Just raise it right up and right back down. Because it's just that simple. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Let's have everybody pray together. Dear God in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. I believe that Christ died for my sins. I believe he was buried. I believe he he rose again the third day. And I believe it from my heart. Jesus, come into my life. Take over my life. 
as I give my life to you, I receive your life as a gift. And in Jesus' name, I declare that I am forgiven. I stand firmly on the promise that Jesus did it all for me. And today I believe it. I believe it and receive it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, if you pray that prayer, if you pray that prayer and language means anything, the language of the Bible says that you just became a new creature. Amen. That your old life passed away and a new life for you has begun today. Amen. Stay in church. Get a hold of some friends and say, tell them what happened to you. And some of these good people here in this church will help you grow and come to know the Lord in a greater way. Amen. Jeremiah, Pastor, come on up here, buddy. Amen. Were you blessed? Amen. Amen. What a great word. It was even better the second time. So thankful that y'all came today, and I believe that y'all are truly blessed by it. Also, if you're 18 to 25, uh, me and my wife, were having the Young Adults Bible Study tonight at our apartment. We'd love for you to come out and hang out, eat some food for my wife, and, and hear me talk about some amazing things. So uh, come grab one of us if you don't know where it's at. Other than that, uh, we're so glad that y'all are here. I'll go ahead and pray and bless y'all out, and uh, we can go watch some football. Father God, I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for the word that went out. I thank you that it will not return void, Father. I thank you that it went into good ground in each and every one of our hearts, and the seeds that were planted will yield 30, 60, and 100 fold in our life this week in the name of Jesus. I thank you that everyone here has the mind of Christ, and they are the temple of the Most High God. And because they have you residing in their life, no sickness can be in there. So I declare everyone healed in the name of Jesus, because by his stripes we were already healed, Father. I thank you that the favor of God surrounds them like a shield. It follows them for life. So they are the head and not the tail. They are above and not beneath. They are blessed in the city and blessed in the field. And everything in the name of Jesus they put their hands to must prosper according to your word, Father. I thank you that they are a city set on a hill. They are the salt of the earth. And they will go out and share this good news with their family, with their friends, with their neighbors. They will be the representation of Jesus Christ on earth. They are blessed and they will be a blessing to everyone that they encounter. I thank you in Jesus' name that they will be who they are called to be through you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless y'all and y'all have a great rest of the week. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We would like to invite you to one of our service times in either McKinney or Dallas. Sunday mornings in McKinney at 9.30 and 11 and Wednesday evenings at 7 and in Dallas, 10.30 Sunday mornings and our 1 o'clock One Cause Dallas Espanol service. You can find out more information about our church at onecausechurch.com. If you'd like to partner with our ministry, there is also a link on the front page of our website.